Welcome back to The Working Collective. This is episode five, and I'm your host, Andrew Mullins, and I'm here with my great friend, Laura Vinzant. And just as a reminder, uh, The Working Collective showcases different vocations and experiences that create unique conversations around what we do and why. And since no two people have the same experience, each interview takes on the personality of our guest and their story. And so this is The Working Collective. So I'm here with my great friend, Laura Vinzant. Uh, and it's been a minute since we've gotten to reconnect, but Laura, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for letting me invite myself on. <laughs> <laughs> so Laura, how do you and I know each other? All right. So we knew each other at college, the University of Mobile, and we kind of were in the same social circles, but I really didn't get to know you till my last year, like right after graduate or right before graduation when we both were on the same youth hostel team. That's so right. We met, we became friends, and we're still friends to this day. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah, and so uh, give some context about that Europe trip. All right, so youth hostel is basically where uh, some people are selected from the school and you spend three weeks in Europe just traveling around, meeting interesting people, and hoping that you can share the gospel with that person. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, basically, it was a, a, a trip around the world, uh, it felt, in three weeks. with We had some great people on our team and made some great memories, and uh, Laura V was our comedic relief in, this, in the, in the uh, stressful moments, but also just a lot of fun uh, to really, really do a once-in-a-lifetime kind of trip with five, six people, you probably won't get to do it again with. So it was really cool to, to have Laura on my trip with me. And so uh, you really did make my my experience special. And that was uh, coming up on six years ago now, which is kind of oh crazy. Oh gosh, that's crazy. It feels I like know. yesterday. I know. Everybody was a senior on my trip. So I, me and Dakota, were the, <laughs> we were the only ones that You're stayed. Just a little bitty baby. Yeah. So, but uh, cool. Yeah. So that's how we know each other. Uh, so Laura, tell us more about you kind of where you're from, what do you do, uh, just kind of your basic uh, intro biography. All right, well, I'm Laura Vinzant, um, most known now these days as Miss V. Uh, I was born and raised in Mississippi, and you know what I've realized? So I prepped, right, before yeah. this interview. <laughs> After high school, I haven't lived in a place longer than three years. Huh. So like Mobile is like the longest time I've lived in a place post high school. Mm-hmm. So I've been like a nomad bouncing around from like Alabama and Mississippi and Chicago and overseas. And now I live in Florida. I am an ESL teacher, uh, but currently I am a paraprofessional at an elementary school, which that job encompasses many, many jobs. I lead mm -hmm. reading groups for students who struggle with reading. I lead a first grade math group. I sub when I need to sub. I fill in for teachers if they're out. I do lunchroom duty, morning breakfast duty, and car rider. So I'm wow. very busy. You have a lot of hats, it sounds like. Yes. So with that, it sounds like with your paraprofessional job, especially, uh, you have what it seems like a pretty tight schedule, but it, it can um, fluctuate. I think it, it would be the best way to put it, right? Oh, yeah. Definitely. I feel like from the moment I clock in till I clock out, I'm like constantly running wherever yeah. I'm needed. So you just, when you get home, you hit the couch and don't move. 
yeah, I'm like dead. By the end of the day, I'm just yeah. like, don't talk to me. Yeah. So what does, uh, I mean, you kind of already answered it, but what, what would you say a normal day in your work looks like? So walk me kind of through your, your work day. Um, so when I start my mornings, I do breakfast duty, which basically is me walking around tables telling kids to stop talking and eat their <laughs> breakfast because they have like five minutes to eat and get to class. Okay. I, that's an that's a interesting job. Um, and then I usually go to the library and help out there. And then I lead my reading groups, which, as I said, uh, I lead for kindergarten and first grade. So students who are struggling with like in kindergarten who can't really get the alphabet down or like first graders who need extra help. Um, I help them and lead uh, groups and I have about 10 students that I work with in a group setting. After that, I'm in the lunchroom making sure children eat and don't talk <laughs> and then after that I do a first grade math group which that is interesting it's a little challenging but I'm finally starting to get the pacing of it mm -hmm. uh, after that you know sometimes I have to go to classrooms for teachers who have meetings and basically I'm a sub um, and if I'm doing that I might be teaching a lesson. I might be taking them to a special area. I might be taking them to the bus. And like I said, it's a very busy day. Yeah, you're very much the floater, it sounds like, of yes. whatever needs to happen or gets needs to get done. You're kind of available to pivot however you need to. Right. So that's really cool. So how would you, and I, I think I want to ask this in the broader teacher industry and including ESL as well as what you do now. Yeah. Um, what would you describe in the teacher world as, uh, what would your industry describe as success in your field? Well, it depends on who you ask. Like you have, mm -hmm. you have the, you know, like the government who says your success, if you have X amount of students pass mm -hmm. or, you know, but like teacher wise to me, if they can learn just one thing I've taught them all year, that to me is like, that's a success. Right. You know, mm -hmm. just hoping that I'm, I'm doing what I'm teaching how I to their to their understanding. And when they get it, that to me is the best. Yeah. That to me says that's a success. Yeah, that's great. Uh, so how would you how would your industry describe failure? Would it be low test scores? Would it be would it be like, uh, uh, retention or would it be, you know, graduation rates or or talk more maybe in the ESL world? What would what would success and failure look like in the ESL world? Well, for the ESL, when I think back to when I was an ESL teacher, a success for me is the students able to move to the next level. So like if they start out as a beginner in English, it's really great that they can quickly move to the next level. And like you have to stop and think like these are people who are learning English, which is one of the hardest languages in the world right. to learn. And so sometimes like personally like if a student isn't getting understanding because it's so complicated like to me that's a failure like what am I not doing so they can understand mm -hmm. but um like I said there's different groups of people to ask what success and failure is but like for me it's hoping that they understand what I'm teaching and hoping that they can move on and you know better yeah yeah. So in your opinion, is your job one that you leave at work or do you take it home with you? 
Well, I joke and say I leave it at work, but in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and be like, oh, oh, that would be a great activity to do with my <laughs> students. You know, I'm always thinking, oh, this would be great. This would be great. You definitely, as a teacher, you don't clock out and that's right. the end of the day. Like you're always thinking about activities or your kids or you're telling stories of what your kids did that made you laugh, you know? Right. And I remember too, when you lived in Asia for a bit, that I think that would even be even more like you take it home with you because you're you're the one that's out of place. You're the one right. that came to their country and you're teaching them English. And uh, so you're having to deal with culture shock and all these other things that you're uh, kind of working through yourself and on top of teaching a really difficult language. All to right. People. There were like several. So I lived in Thailand and taught for a year and a half. Um, and there would be several times where I would message my students and be like, can you write this in Thai? No one's understanding what I'm saying to them. And like, thank God my students would respond back and be like, oh, oh teacher, wow. this is what you say. That's great. That's awesome. And that's really cool that you could have that kind of relationship with your students. And I think that's oh, a yeah. unique thing that comes with it, being a teacher is that you have the, a really unique uh, relationship that uh, is a is a cool bond with, with people. Right. So uh, that's really awesome. So kind of changing subjects, do you... Do you set goals for yourself? Do you set your goals just, do you set goals for work? Uh, do you set goals for every aspect of your life? Uh, do you set goals at all? Uh, what, is that, what does that process look like for you? So I've recently started setting goals for myself. Um, like I have a silly one where like, I just last week finished my reading goal for 2020. So I read like 14 books that I wanted to read in all of 2020, but that kind of fell into mm -hmm. 2021. Yeah. So <laughs> I also have a reading goal that I personally am setting for myself this year. Only seven books. We'll see if I can get it all in before <laughs> the end. Um, and I also like to set goals for like future stuff. Like right now I'm in just a lot of us, us uh, a season of what's coming next. You know, mm -hmm. COVID kind of took away the plan I had set out for me. Mm -hmm. And so now it's like, okay, well, I know I want to go here, but how am I going to get myself from point A to point B? So like I set right. goals like that. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're more thinking in the one to five, probably one to five year uh, yeah. at the most, it sounds like. Um, but would you also, do you set goals maybe in the teaching world as well? Or what does that look like? I probably should. <laughs> Part of my personality is I like to be very go with the flow, but like yes. in teaching, you kind of can't be like that. Right. So like, you definitely have to be like more grounded. So like <laughs> every now and then, like, I'll be like, oh, this is the goal I have. Like, we're going to learn the letter, what sound the letter G makes by the end of week two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, that's really great. So for you, what are some, what are some core motivations or key driving factors for you, uh, whether it's in ESL or just in what you're doing now with paraprofessional work, what makes you get up in the morning? Well, to, if yeah. you, six years ago, if you would have told me that I would be in the teaching profession, I would have laughed in your face because I had no idea, but Honestly, my job is like what gets me up in the morning. Like I don't ever dread going to work. Like it's an I enjoy it. Um, yeah. Even though there are challenging days where some days I really am like, is this what I'm meant to do? 
the next day it's like this is what I'm meant to do I love what I do because yeah. I've worked at jobs before where like I would sit in the parking lot for 10 minutes having to talk myself up to like you can do this you could do this just go yeah. in and you're done but like with what I'm doing now and like working as an ESL teacher like it's a dream come true yeah that's really awesome I think that is so hard to find uh for a lot of people that they're yes there is some days that are just horrific or days that you'd rather not have to relive but at the end of the day uh they're those those days pale in comparison to the days when that student does get it when they do understand and take away what you've been teaching and and, and trying to convey and and lead them in so i think that's really cool and i'm really glad that you're at a spot where you're you're able to share your own knowledge, but also share your life experience, but share Laura, like you're able to be Laura around your students and uh, in that environment. So I think that's really cool. Um, so talk to me more about how does your job have an impact in your community? You can, you can go from the ESL side of this as well, as, as well as your paraprofessional. How does your job have an impact in your community? Uh, I think to sum it up best, when I was at UM, Dr. Wilson, who taught um, the intercultural studies courses, he summed it up best that I, this is just stuck with me like six plus years later, but we are like torchbearers. So like if we're running the Olympic race, like we've run as far as we can and we're gonna pass it off to the next group. And like ESL, there's some students I work with that come from countries that they're gonna be leaders in one day. And I could go to their country and I could try and, you know, be a changer or change, you know, be a change for that country, mm -hmm. but I'm an outsider, but I have no idea what impact I'm having on students and what they're going to do. Like they're going to go above and beyond what I'm able to do. And that's the most exciting part to me. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so you would say your job does have a lasting significance. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say that you do, um, just because I think back in my own experience, just being raised in America, uh, in the South, particularly, uh, I have very fond memories of my different teachers and even subs. I had favorite subs that when my right. teacher was out, I was like, we are getting this sub and I'm pumped. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, I, I hold that very special because ultimately, and in my own experience, they were particular people that pointed me back to my faith and my family and uh, what, uh, what is most important in my priorities. But I was learning that even at an elementary age. So even in the first and second grades, like you're around, like, I mean, that's huge. And I, that's where I think back to how much uh, being a student is just being a sponge and taking it in and being able to think through those things. So I think I would absolutely say that your job has a lasting significance, Laura, because you're able to impact not only people here uh, where you are now, but in international context. I mean, good goodness. Like it's, it's going to be incredible, incredible to see kind of the fruit that comes out of that. Uh, so I think it's really awesome that you're able to, to use that platform uh, in a way, not just to share and, and disseminate knowledge, but ultimately to uh, share uh, your faith and, and to influence others for the sake of the gospel. So I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how does your work influence your life? Well, I mean, 
it's just like I have to remind myself, you know, they're, they're, the students are watching. It doesn't matter if I'm with middle schoolers, elementary or kindergarten, they're watching. And so if I come into a situation that is tough, like they're going to see how I respond to it, you know, and I just hope that through what I do, ultimately, my students know how much I love them and mm. how much I root for them and I'm in their corner. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing about teaching too, is that uh, it really, the academics and the school part, that's part of it. But I would say the heart of it is the love of the student. Right. And I think that's the part that makes teachers so cool is that they're rooting for the people uh, through the process of education, but they're rooting for the people. Um, and I think that's really cool. So, uh, and with that, I want to try to try to transition uh, to legacy and uh, a little bit more broad scope of maybe lasting generations. Who who would you say is one person or people that has had the greatest impact on you and your definition of how you approach your vocation and everyday life and relationships? Who would you say that one person or those people are? Um, so when I was in grad school, I had three of the most, I have three really great professors, but I would have to say Dr. Pearson. Um, she taught us a lot of our core classes, um, but she all, one of her most important points was you want to be the teacher that you've always wanted. And Dr. Pearson is like the definition of the teacher you want because she knew you personally. She knew what you liked. She knew what you disliked. If you went to her office, she always prayed over you, asked what she could pray over, pray for you about. And just the way that she was in the classroom, like she was caring, she it was invested in what we were doing, like invested in us. And I was like, I want to be that teacher. I want to be the Dr. Pearson's for my future students. Mm -hmm. Like I want them to feel like how I felt with her. Yeah. And then my second, so I have two people. So my second person is I did my practice teaching in grad school in Hong Kong. And my team leader, Deprina, like really, I would say she fundamentally shaped how I approach classrooms. Because Deprina is like me. And, you know, in grad school, you hear how you should conduct yourself in the classroom. And I'm like, that's like, <laughs> really great but but that's not my personality and then I met Deprita Deprita's like if you're crazy and wild but you can like lead the class the kids are gonna like it so like Deprita's like Laura be yourself and your students are gonna love it and like that changed my world and I think that's what helps me is I really am who I am in the classroom like I don't put on that oh I'm this well put together teacher I'm not this super angry, mean teacher, I hope. <laughs> Some kids might say different, but if they only did their homework, I wouldn't have to be mean. Yeah. Know? Uh, but yeah, so. Cool, that's really great. And I think that speaks to what you're continuing on in that legacy of impacting other students. And, uh, but you're already seeing that generational effect in your own life. And, uh, I think that's really great. And not just from a grad school, but also uh, you talked about Dr. Wilson with your undergrad. Right. Uh, you're seeing kind of these, these different markers uh, throughout your journey. And I think that's really great for people to recognize in their own life too, to see how people have impacted them, not just in their education, but just in life in general that have, have shared that, that, that's, that knowledge and that wisdom really uh, about what they do and why they do it. Uh, that's really great. 
So would you say that there is a defining moment in your life that you think encapsulates your worldview, your legacy, your view of legacy and your goals? Oh, definitely. So I don't even know if you know this. So the first time I ever went overseas, I was 12 years old and I went to Australia and New Zealand, like not with my mom and dad, but I went with a group of kids. And that right there is the moment that changed me into mm-hmm. being how I am today. Um, because it really brought me up. So I used to be extremely, extremely introverted and I still can get like that, but it brought me out of my shell. And like that moment right there has changed the course of my life greatly because I knew in undergrad, I always wanted to go overseas. I didn't know how I was going to get there, but I wanted to go overseas and all the opportunities to go overseas was to teach English. And I was like, well, that can't be too hard. I'll go get a uh, ESL master's. And then, you know, (laughs) that changed my life because it's like, I can't imagine not being a teacher anymore. Like that's like what I live for now. So, and like being that young and going overseas also like made me more aware that there's more than just America. Like there's a huge play. It's huge out there. And I think it's important to, even if you can't go overseas. So here's an ESL spiel. Even if you can't (laughs) go overseas, like I recommend befriending people from different countries because my ESL students that I taught impacted my life when I worked with them, you know, because you get to see more of the world. You get to learn more. Yeah. It's that exposure to a different culture, different Uh, way of living. Uh, but ultimately, it's it doesn't take away from who you are. It really just adds to a better understanding. And uh, so you don't, so you're, you're getting firsthand experience with these folks too. So I think that's really cool. And I, that's something I took away when we were in Europe together, that that was my first time being uh, really overseas for a long time and uh, being able to rub shoulders with so many people uh, from different countries and different contexts. And uh, you were a great help in, in teaching that with me. Uh, and so I appreciate that. Um, and so with that, what legacy uh, do you hope to leave? And how do you work actively leaving to, uh, towards leaving that legacy? And I know that's probably a loaded question for someone in their 20s, but uh, tell me more about that. Well, I've all, I kind of briefly talked about it earlier, but to me, my lasting legacy, I just want my students past present and future whenever I meet them that like I love them I genuinely love them and I am there for them you know like I am in their corner I'm their biggest cheerleader I love when my students up like my former students will text me and be like teacher I did this this and this and I'm like yes let's celebrate (laughs) um I just want kids to know that I'm there for them you know yeah that's great yeah, I think that's awesome. And you're one of those people that I've always uh, considered in my corner for multiple reasons. And I, it's because I know you well, and we got to, we got to really get to know each other well in Europe and, and the, the process leading up to that trip too. Um, and you guys really looked out for me on that trip as well. So I really Great do appreciate trip. it. Yeah, it really was. Uh, why don't you talk about where we went on that okay. trip? Uh, so can I drop a truth bomb? <laughs> so when I first found out who was on our team for YHM, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. <laughs> but, but 
I ended up loving all of you guys because like we're so there were six of us and we're all very very different personalities yeah and like if it wasn't for the love of God <laughs> we would have never clicked and worked together yeah uh so I ran through I'm really thankful for that trip because I got to know you better and I got to know the others better and y'all have impacted my life um so where did we go we went to Spain, France, the Netherlands, Switzerland, and Italy, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, because we uh, we uh, went to Barcelona and ate really good food. Well, we ate good food everywhere, really, I feel like. But we met some great people in every city and uh, a guy named Quan uh, in, oh, yeah. in Barcelona. I'm still uh -huh. friends with him on Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah uh but he, we haven't talked but. yeah right but yeah so we, we we met all kinds of folks and we had enough stories by the end of it to <laughs> to be to be bonded over some things that um, were so that were great but do you remember so here's a funny story do you remember we were riding the train up to Zer was, was it Zermatt yeah yeah okay and I was like asleep, but I was in one of those sleeps where uh, I was yep, half I know awake, yeah, I know, I know this half awake, half asleep. And in the middle, like, and I'm like kind of dreaming while I'm in this state. And in the middle of it, in my dream, Andrew Mullins goes donkey. And I think that's the only time in my life I woke up and like was like ready to fight. So I was like, did you just scream that? And there was like six, I think there was maybe eight people on the whole train and we were six of those eight people. And it was such a long train ride of just looking at, you know, a cliff or, you know, the conductor telling you to get your feet off the seat in front of you. And I mean, uh, it I was... just woke up, but I was just like, <laughs> is he really that excited to see a donkey? We're from the South. Come on, Andrew, we've seen them. <laughs> and that was too, that was our halfway point. And so we were all like halfway delirious and uh exhausted and that was like the longest because that was the train ride after the night train oh, oh gosh so i think we were all a little crazy and then we had to walk 10 miles up the road to get get to our hostel but what a, what a great time but that's neither here nor there but i i that all i want to say is that that trip was instrumentally uh monumental for me and you were a big part of that laura and i really wow. do appreciate uh, you and your impact on that uh, with me and uh, what we were able to able to do in Europe and so yeah that, just me saying thank you for that well I thank you for it you also um, impacted that trip and made it special and better as well and yeah. I like our friendship it's a great friendship yeah <laughs> well cool well since this is the working collective and I want to look ahead for you uh, what are you working on right now? It could be anything. What am I working? Well, oh, I got my books to read. I got those seven books right. to read. <laughs> uh, but I'm also working on what is the future for Laura? Mm. Where will I go? What am I going to do? And so that is a day-by-day -day process. Yeah. Yep. And then lastly, uh, uh, if you could do any job from 200 years ago, what would you do and why? Um, 200 years ago, I would be a cartographer and draw maps because not all the countries of the world were founded yet. <laughs> so you would want to, you, you would, you would want to be the explorer that goes out and uh, go, goes along the beach and maps the whole state of Florida. 
and then probably <laughs> dies from typhoid fever. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Uh, well, hey, thank you, Laura, so much for being on today. Um, and just as a reminder, uh, the Working Collective podcast showcases different vocations and experiences that create unique conversations around what we do and why. And since no two people have the same experience, each interview takes on the personality of our guests and their wonderful story. And so this is the Working Collective. So Laura, thank you, thank you again for hanging out with me for a little bit and talking through what you do and why you do it. Thank you for letting me run my mouth for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All good. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening and we will see you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.